0: We will all surely agree that it is very important to be a productive member of society. So important that when Havram Avinu was looking for a land for his children, he wanted a place where the people had a strong work ethic. But what exactly does it mean to be productive? In Shaykhaz Tudah, Avtocha von Savraman, in regards to Hashem's promise to Havram Avinu, which was, the I will give your descendants this land, meaning Eretz Yisrael, Zodoktein Medrash is a really interesting Medrash which says, When Avram Avinu walked around Haram Naraim and other surrounding areas around nearby Eretz Yisrael, he saw that everybody was, as the expression goes, eating, drinking, and being merry. Omar said, he said, I really hope that I will not land up with a portion in such a land. But when he came to the edge of Tyre, the north of Eretz Israel, he saw that they were involved with productivity, they were weeding, they were planting. He said, Halavai, I'll be in a place where they're pruning and weeding and looking after their products. Amlach HaKadosh Baruch HaLeZaruch HaAtena Saretz says, the Medrash, that was the response to say, I'm going to give you this land, this land that you have asked for. Now Ve'bal, the Medrash Fabin DeMebish and Savtocha The fact that the Medrash links, the promise of this land to Avram and his descendants, to the fact that Avram Ovinu had a particular wish I wish to have a portion in this land which is which means that the, the Medrash is linking the promise of Eretz Yisrael to the fact that Avram Avinu was impressed by the work ethic of the people who were currently living there. We can understand as that implies that their work ethic was the cause, the reason not only was it the reason why Avram Avinu wanted that land, but also the cause and reason why the Abish decided to allocate that land to Avram Avinu and to his descendants. Which immediately should raise a very powerful question. Stellt der the fact that Avram said, from his perspective, "Halavai I should have a portion of this land," that implies that Avram Avinu was happy to have a piece of the land in and amongst the other people who were living there, because they're productive people, so it's a good place to live. His move on that makes sense. Because that implies that Avram Wanted to live in a society That was a productive Which is an appropriate society And he didn't want to live Amongst people who were Big party people That makes sense That makes perfect sense Avram wants to live in a healthy society But the Abish just promise, I'm going to give your descendants this land mein doch which means as Ha'aretz, as is with the ein besten ganzen to Eden allein that means that david is going to actually rid the land of those people who have the good work ethic and give the entire land only to avram his descendants do jerusha kibush to be their inheritance that they would earn through conquest is at times or die doch sein verbunden mit der neue table von die so, if that's the case, if logically those people are going to be removed, why would their conduct be a cause for the Abish to giving that land without those people to Avram Avinah's descendants? And especially when you consider that, why would the way things were in one generation, Avram Avinah's generation, have an influence over how this place should be and why it's given to the Eden in perpetuity? Now, the simplest way to answer it would be because we know that populations behave in a particular way because of the environmental elements of where they live. So maybe that's the answer. And perhaps we could have answered that. It's the fact that the people living there behaved in a productive way. That is an indicator that the environment and atmosphere of this part of geography, it, it helps, it's just, it, it, it pushes people to, to work and to, to be responsible. Like the Medrash says, that there are certain lands that produce powerful people and other lands that produce weaker people. So maybe that's the answer. But let's remind ourselves who was living there. We really need to understand what's going on over here because Chazal Zogin, as we well know what Chazal tell us, that the people living in Canaan were the most corrupt and immoral of everybody in the region and the place that was allocated that was established for the Jewish people was the most corrupt of the entire corrupt Canaanite regions so now let's try and understand if the K'nanim's behavior was the most corrupt and immoral, even more corrupt than the people of Aram Naharaim, who are the big partiers, you possibly say, that just the one accolade that we can give them, that they had a good work ethic, Und the in which would imply that there's only one good element to the atmospheric conditions of that part of the world. So Allah, that's going to outweigh all of the other concerns about their terrible behavior. And this will become the saving grace about why this is a land for E. doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Okay, so in order to answer this question, why don't we ask a broader question? What's so great about productivity or about work? There's a Gemara Sanhedrin that tells us about the value of work. People were created to work. as the says, that the reason that humans were produced was in order to work. That's the Okay, so there's a value Humans were produced in order to work Now the question is What defines work or productivity? (laughs) So then he continues I don't know if people were created For the work of their hands Labor Or for the work of speech (inaudible) When it says (inaudible) That the person who is working That's the first part of the Pasuk I will compel or override his mouth that implies that the work we're talking about over here, Adam that we were created to be productive, actually means to be productive through speech. And then, I still don't know. When it speaks about the work of your mouth, does that mean learning Torah? Or does it mean conversation? So, therefore, in the pasuk tells us in Yeshua, that the Torah should never leave your mouth. We then realize that humans were created, or specifically we were created, in order to do the work of Torah learning. So now he's not moving. Now this teaching of Rabbi Loz, it doesn't really seem to make sense. How could anybody think, as them is given la Melocha, that the reason to create people is that people should labor physically? Who would imagine that working Is such a big deal That it's worth being created for it It's a necessary component of life In order to be productive Does it make sense? Is it correct to say That that would be the reason For the entire creation of a human being? It doesn't make sense Why is it even a suggestion? The truth is The second suggestion Is just as perplexing are you saying that the reason humans were created was to be able to talk? Do you know how much damage we do with talking? Says in great detail in his that most conversation is inappropriate. So, how does the Gemara even go down this route to say, I don't know, maybe the reason we were created was to work or to speak? Noch gresser is dit The question is much stronger when you consider what we well know as oicha in is Torah. That even a suggested perspective within Torah has the validity of Torah. von dem din, as we see, for example, as when eene lent a a simple halacha. Let's say that a person learns something that is proposed in Torah either as a suggestion or even as a question. And the person learns it without getting to the conclusion or the answer. Before that, the person would have to say the Brochus over the Torah because it is considered Torah learning. So, therefore, these suggestions Amal Melocha might be the purpose of human creation or Amal Sicha, they are valid. Beyond that, in the bracha zokter, when a person says a bracha of learning Torah, he says on riftas on Torah soy. You call it a bishas Torah. Torah is the Torah of truth. That says this, in the kasha klasal gadaytech vechuleh. That illustrates that within the question or within the suggested perspective is doar pratos foram mitzvah. There's something that is absolute truth. Now do is the nitzuke pas for but it's probably not suited to practical halacha. So Deruch says moving binyanenu. Let's apply this to our story. The teichan amayla voss is do in amal melochon amal sicha. Whatever advantage there might be to physical labor or to the work of proper conversation, that is so important that we may even suggest it could be the reason we were created. Even when the Gemara reaches the conclusion that the ultimate purpose is the work of learning Torah, the toil of Torah, it does not preclude or reject the other two suggestions. The conclusion of the Gomorrah implies that it's just that physical work or conversational work is not the full reason and motivation for creation. Averte, let's say it differently. The the for the the way that this Gemorrah was presented, First, to suggest maybe we were created in order to work. And then Then we said, no, the truth is we were probably created for the value of our speech. And then eventually concluding that we were really created for the value of our toil in Torah, based on the possible, we should never abandon Torah. His remains valid. All three steps are valid. In other words, in order for a person to reach their goal in life, La nivra that we were created to toil in Torah As we're going to see, to attain the full value of toiling in Toira, the person first has to have mastered physical labor and conversational work. And then when the person is able to take those two areas of work And link them to the work associated with Torah Then then the person reaches his or her purpose Now why is that and how does it work? We'll first have to explain why Why is productivity considered a value in Judaism? Bees, and why is it such a value to the extent that we're saying that's why we were created in order to be productive? Because if you think about it, is the good within goodness, the ultimate goodness, and the nature of all good is to be good to others. Why did Abish have to create the world and the nature of the world in such a way as the mental? We always have to work so hard, that there's always so much stress, that there's always so much exertion. Why? Abish is so good, he could have just laid it on for us on a platter. Now, the automatic knee jerk response that everybody's going to say is yes, but we wouldn't feel fulfilled. Ich kann nicht sagen, du kannst sagen, dass das der Fall, was ein Mensch betätzt war, hat einen Beiker von einer Sache, die selber kommt durch seinen Hörwange. You can't say, well, the reason is because that's the nature of people. We feel a tremendous sense of achievement and fulfillment when we've actually invested effort of our own. And the Yibshar loves us, so he wants us to feel that sense of achievement. Which would be similar to what the Gemara famously says, that, wrote, that a person would rather have a much smaller portion that they had achieved of their own accord than a much larger portion that was given to them by others. Nine times as much. That's not a good enough answer for a very obvious reason. There is nothing independently, objectively, that determines that this has to be nature of the human being. Rather, They be, the wired and designed us to feel satisfaction from effort and achievement. Then our question comes to back in full force. Why did the Ebesh design us That we only appreciate the things that are Difficult to achieve Why could he not have designed us in such a way That we get freebies And it makes us feel good and the answer to that is the is the ultimate goodness is not a measure of result as the de is that a person should achieve the ultimate goodness is not that a human reaches the pinnacle of what humans could achieve the ultimate goodness is to invite humans to achieve something that makes them like the Creator beyond themselves. Elushayim the, Chazal has a famous expression in the Gemarion Shabbos Shutef The ultimate is that we should become the Abish's partners in creation not limited to the human experience. How do you get there? Therefore in order to facilitate this The Habisha designed the entire nature of creation That humans, unlike the animal kingdom Don't just get what they need Delivered But through tremendous exertion That invites and allows us to lift ourselves Not only to be the ultimate recipients of divine kindness, the ultimate created being, but rather that we become people that innovate, create, contribute what wasn't already there, which makes us like our creator. And the only way to get there is human endeavor through human faculties. So they invites us to become God-like, creator-like, make things in the world. How? Through work, through effort. Don't just be a recipient, a passive uh, recipient the is the if the Teva That's why the created us with such a nature. As I mentioned, that we'll never be fully satisfied from things that are given to us freely. In fact, it actually makes us feel uncomfortable and embarrassed to get handouts. Namadik as it's called, the bread of shame is It's built into our DNA that our purpose is our purpose in life is not to be a taker but a generator, creator, innovator, sharer, giver like Hashem. Beautiful insight, right? Why is it tough for us to achieve things? So that we can truly achieve and contribute so we can be God-like. Now you can understand how the Gomorrah could make the first suggestion that it would be worth creating people just to work in the physical sense as the because as we've identified, the value of productivity is That it will elevate the human to become a contributor to existence, a creator of new things, like Hashem, a partner in creation. If that's what work productivity does, then it would make sense that if we're supposed to contribute to the world, where would you see the value of our contribution? You won't see it in our world, the human experience. You'd specifically see it in areas where we touch the world where we touch the inanimate, the plant, or the animal kingdoms. And how is that? That will make us into Hashem's partner. How do you do that? Work. Physical work. That's what the Gemara says. Amal malocha would be a good enough reason to exist. Because that allows you to become creator-like. And that far is the Eash Alkadai Tokfungura. Therefore the first suggestion is Azadum La Omal you volume that when the Torah tells us that humans were created in order to be productive, that means Nita Malsicha daramalter. It's not talking about conversation and not certainly not about Torah learning. But saying it is Nitin Veltzachin because that has no real connection to the physical tangible world must be talking about physical labor. In other words, when the person actually exerts themselves in physical activities in an even a in a way that is appropriate as mandated by Torah. appears from That's the kind of Amal Milochah we're talking about, not just freely going out and working, working within the parameters and guidelines of Torah. That impacts the world, that the world should be as it was intended. If you can make the world as Hashem intended it, you're Hashem's partner in creation. That's level one of the Gemara's teaching. To work in the physical world as guided by the Torah is God-like. It's worth being created just for that. Oh but once you examine exactly that information, as the that the goal of working in the physical world is to upgrade us to become divine partners in creation. Well, when you understand that the whole goal is to become the Abish's partner in creation, surely that cannot be achieved only through physical activity. Now, you also have to have something that's going to bridge you and elevate you and connect you to Hashem, which is the world of Sicha. Now, Sicha is not simply conversation. As we said, what you need is to be creator-like. That's what makes you a partner in creation. So what's the first step of being creator-like? Creating, innovating, contributing. Okay, check, we've done that. But how does the create? The doesn't just pump energy into an existing framework of creation. Nor as mechadish De Rather, the Ebishter renews the whole creative process at every nanosecond. Is move on. Now we can then understand, If we want to have a real, complete partnership with Hashem as part of the creative process, We can only do that if we're adding something brand new into the created reality that was not there before. Therefore working within the physical world Albeit lifting the physical world to a higher state Is actually not enough Of course if we work in a way that is mandated by And according to the guidelines of Torah We will be elevating the world But as long as our activities are only limited to the physical reality, we don't yet show the unique distinction of being human. Physical actions, animals do those too. So as long as my impact on the world and elevating the world is only through physical actions, then I can only touch the part of the world that is relevant, or I can only bring into the world something that's relative to the world's existence. But I can't bring something into the world that's completely off the charts, beyond anything the world could imagine. I can't bring something new into the world but when a person engages through speaking which means firstly that's a uniquely human trait as the lo khunash point welt is an even bosses if us in drich khis min haben dab per that means now i'm talking Now I'm using a faculty that is absolutely uniquely human and therefore illustrates that I'm a human who is in a completely different category, greater than any other living organism. Then I can start to bring something new to the story. I I can elevate the world in a whole different way. Can elevate the world in a way that is completely beyond what all of the parameters of creation might have been able to handle. Something that is as a result of the fact that we're here, humans are here. We can impact the world in a completely different way. And so, okay, how do we do that? The, the Rebbe is going to explain a little bit later exactly what our mal is. It's not just simply talking. But if I really want to be the Ebershte's partner Even speech alone is not going to make me the Ebershte's partner It will elevate the world in a completely different way When I know what I'm supposed to do with my speech But I'm not yet the Ebershte's partner fully Why? So, so what happens? I'm working in the world And I'm speaking But I haven't yet connected with the Abishta himself Whereas, the moment I connect my avoider to Torah, Torah is no longer about me. My physical work, that's me. My speaking, that's me. Torah is not me. It's the Torah. We know very well from the Rambam and after brings in Tanya. The Ebershah and his wisdom, which is Torah, are absolutely one. And I'm not just reading Torah. I'm toiling in Torah, invested in Torah. when a person truly invests in Torah, the Torah becomes theirs. The Torah belongs to the person who invested so much effort. By learning Torah with such focus and investment, Actually bring creator and creation into one reality. I'm the creation. Becoming one with Hashem, the creator, through his Torah. Then Then you could say the person is like the creator. Then you could say the person is a true partner of Hashem in the creative process. Let's understand this deeper. In the meaning for n'amal meloch and sicha, in distinguishing between these two concepts, the work that we do in the world and the work that we do through speech. So there's a mime from the Friedrich where he explains that the work, the physical work we're describing is not just that you work nine to five or you're completely dedicated to your job, but it's that you do work with absolute trust in Hashem According to the way that the Torah wants Bemuna, it means that you trust the Shahazanis that Dabishha is the provider, and Dabishha will help your actions to produce the bracha that you need. Then the Friday explains in the for namal sikha is what does it mean to work through speech? That's a saskus That's the davan. As the Gemara Brachas tells us, the word sicha when it's used in Tanach refers to davening. So in other words, it's not just simply working or speaking. It's serving Hashem through our work with absolute faith and davening. The husband, the and the the mountain, Let's explain this a little clearer. So what did we say before? In the previous statement we said before we got to the Fridic Rebbe maimer we said that Amal Melacha means that you're still working very much within the reality of the world, and Amal Sicha is already taking a step above the world. Let's link that to what we've just learned. Medem Munashuha Shoha when a person works, goes to their job with absolute consciousness and awareness and complete faith that the Ibishta is the provider, not me, the great expert entrepreneur. As powerful as that is, it doesn't yet elevate the person or their work experience into a realm beyond the worldly realm. The very fact that the person goes to work, pays their taxes, markets the product, tells us that they're still living inside the parameters and restraints of the physical reality. On the far, for which reason, is zanum fairness. That even though this person has incredible emuna, that totally colors their experience of work. That they know that the Ebrish is the provider. and they know it's not the stock market or economic cycles or the the, the brilliant marketing that we've used. Yet, the net result of that kind of an approach will still keep a person only connected to the dimension of Godliness that can manifest and be experienced in the physical reality. But when you daven, you step out of the physical reality. When a person really works on their davening, what's davening? It's like Yaakov's dream, It's like a ladder that taka starts very much in the physical reality and then allows you to ascend completely into the heavens. the concept of davening is to lift a person beyond themselves. Vis all the way into a heavenly, spiritual, holy realm. which is completely beyond the natural order. On the river, melocha, mal so therefore, when you put the two together, the person is working in their business with the appropriate emunah, and you put that together with the experience of davening, that catapults the entire reality of the physical world. completely beyond itself. That's the real translation of climbing the ladder from, heaven, from earth to heaven. As That when a person davens as they should Not only do they lift themselves Because they're davening But whatever physical material Mundane experiences That person engaged with The previous day The previous week Whatever it was The arzo Also comes up the ladder. Bistu shamaima. Till it reaches a, a heavenly state. So the of us is Hakha Vel, till it reaches a point that is completely beyond the world. So Davening totally reinvents our entire experience out there in the world. Which is amazing. Now Hagam atfila, And we've just described now the incredible impact of Davening not only on us but on our world. Yet in spite of that, even though it is in even though it affects the world in such a way that's completely beyond the world. Even that cannot revolutionize creation completely. Because Davening, yes, it is this incredible elevation of the person and his world but it is driven by the human. The person works on his havoi And even the greatest human on earth is still a human with limitations. So therefore, yes, the elevation is to go beyond the natural order, but it still has its limits. So even the impact on the world, which gets taken for the ride and gets completely reconstituted because of davening, it's also only to the extent that the world can stretch itself. But nothing fundamental changes or is introduced. The only time you can bring something new into a scenario is when you step out of the entire infrastructure of the scenario. Therefore the tomorrow's conclusion is why were we really created? Where's the real power? In the toil of Torah learning. a matter because even when Torah manifests in terms that we could relate to physical terms using physical examples, is it It has no limits, it has no restrictions. And because Terry is completely beyond the reality of creation, therefore it can impact the world in such a way that the world changes fundamentally to the extent that it can actually become a brand new world that doesn't even look anything like the world before. But that doesn't just happen overnight. There are steps that a person has to go through. In order for a person to successfully, through their Torah learning, totally reconstitute the world to a reality that is beyond anything the world could have imagined, a brand new reality, that's when you can't get there until you've actually worked to refine the world as the world is. Before you extract the world from its reality and plug it into something higher, yet you actually have to first work with the world. On That's why the Gemara gives us all three possibilities because you start with an appropriate approach to work. To engage in the business environment, the productivity of the world, as mandated and guided by Torah. To in the world that helps to shift the world that it should be in in a susceptible place to be able to receive and experience holiness but you can't stop there the intention for creation is not that the world should remain as the world is even if it's upgraded improved elevated refined what is the purpose? I feel from Even if the world gets to be a holy place but still in the structures of a world, we have to add another layer, the effort and impact of speech. Which means is That means to elevate the world beyond the world. Sounds weird to say it. And of course, only to the extent that we are capable of doing, as davening represents, I put in as much effort as I can put in to elevate myself through davening. And that, after you've had those introductory steps, for n'amal to work in the world with the proper emuna, and real meaningful davening, then come sorry, come the inu for That's what. that's what brings a person to the true work within Torah which contains the potential because it is rooted in Hashem's essence to completely, completely recalibrate reconstitute the world and that will fulfill the, the, the purpose and intention of creation to make Hashem's home out of the lower realms, as the that what was tachtonim, what was the lowest, most spiritually dense, spiritually inept reality, should suddenly become the home for Hashem Himself. The myth is move on from there. We can understand as dafke the metsius and the seid of another sugya omal that specifically when you have all three components, amal melacha, amal sicha, un amal teira. Is mas matim, you volate all of those three together, help us understand what the Torah means when it says humans were created to be productive, or more particularly, for hard labor. Only when you have all three components does a person completely reconstitute the creation. Which allows the person to be Hashem's partner in creation, similar to the creator, they just created out of nothing, and we're creating a brand new reality. And that's the And that is the purpose of creation. So as we've discussed so far, as term, in terms of humans that the ultimate reason humans and specifically Jewish humans were created was in order to totally change the world through the effort of Torah because Torah is fundamentally beyond the creation and of course it has to have the preceding steps first you've got to work within the world and then elevate yourself beyond the world and then get in touch with Hashem as He is Obviously, bein aroich, totally beyond the world. So the same concept plays out in the geographical location called Israel. Eretz Yisroel is free gegeben given to design umas. Initially, Eretz Yisroel was given to seven other nations. Why for a particular purpose? and eventually the Jews would come conquer them and transform the space. From Eretz Eretz Yisroel and Eretz to take a land of, uh, of pagan nations and turn it into... Eretz still a holy land. <speaking in Hebrew> to turn it into a land where the light and energy of Torah would be freely available and accessible. <speaking in Hebrew> that journey began in the time of Avram Avinu. <speaking in Hebrew> because Avram Avinu launched the two millennia that would lead to the giving of the Torah. And to use the expression of the Medrash, Avram Avinu began to radiate light in the world. He began to illuminate the world with a godly light that is completely beyond the world. And how did Avram Avinu begin his journey? He began by contemplating certain concepts. As we know very well, it's brought in the Gibril, it's brought in the Rambam. When we talk about his bonus, we're not talking about you know, just thinking about something for five minutes and moving on. Deep contemplation where a person could say, I really invested the effort and therefore I achieved. So what did he contemplate? In debira? Velt, the nature of this world that we live in. Then he started, after that he started to think in Shemesh V'chulei, started to think about the celestial beings which are beyond the physical world. Who runs them? has V'chulei, how do they generate uh, different types of influence over the world? Uh, until eventually his intellectual process reached the point where he said there obviously has to be a controller. Not only is there a controller, but the controller, the creator, is totally and infinitely beyond the creation. As the expression goes, the whole purpose of godliness is not creation. So Avramavini worked in stages. So now in order for Eretz Yisrael to be able to absorb this great achievement and insight and Torah and light that Avramavini was going to introduce which as we've seen Avraham had reached a point where his understanding and therefore the light he was going to share was completely beyond the reality of the world this influence would totally flip and transform the land from a pagan land into the holy land of Israel also had to be in stages the first had to be a time where there was just work productivity in the land and then it got upgraded and they got upgraded further that's why therefore when Avram Avinu saw that the the inhabitants of the land were involved in weeding, pruning looking after the land which showed that they had the value of productivity Avram Avinu was able to identify ah, first step is already in process and therefore as am the Ahmedom for Bakosh of Tfilas Avram Sikha. Then introduces Amal Sikha by Davening and requesting of Dabishta. Halavai Khilki Berth says, Halavai this should be my place. Through that, Zalda Eretzki gave him Verenza Avram, the Achrob, that caused Debishta to say, now we can give you this land for you and all your generations. Because those people, the descendants of Avram Avinu, they are the ones who have the power and the capacity to take this land that once upon a time just had practical productivity and then was upgraded to Avram Avinu through tefillah to eventually become a place that completely illustrates and radiates the E-Bishter's light as it was intended to be.